Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast, where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. Right, so jumping right back into another Bible topic Tuesday. Thankful for God bringing us all together again. Thank you for G for opening us up in that prayer. So the topic for today is what does the Bible say about waiting on God? So that's what we're going to try to tackle today. I just got just a few scriptures we'll go over looking into it, even though there's quite a bit actually that speaks about this particular topic. Before I do, any comments on this matter before we start? All right, let's jump right into it. So go to Old Testament. We'll look at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. It says, have you not known, have, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this one is uh, this is a a pretty well-known scripture right here it says uh those who wait on the the lord or some translations say those who put their trust in the lord so uh i put this in there because of course the question is about what does the bible say about waiting on god and this tells us here that those who wait on them though everyone else may grow uh faint and weak those who wait on the lord will be refreshed their strength will be renewed and that they will uh be able to finish out this work that he has for us that's one aspect that we're looking at this in questions or comments on this on this uh one so far all right so this is the one that we like we love looking at this one so we're gonna look at a few others also that is not necessarily what we like to look at and that's hebrews chapter 11 verses 13 through 16 and it says all these people died in faith without having received the things they were promised. However, they saw them and welcomed them from afar, and they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Now, those who say such things show that they are seeking a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16, we're going to flesh this out a little bit more in the next, in the next one that pops up. But I want to point out something here. It says that uh, these people that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, it says they died without having received the things that were promised. So these are the things that are promised to them, and they went their entire life without receiving them at all. But... 
it says it goes on to say they saw these promises and they welcomed them from far off so from far away they can see that they were still coming but they were a long ways away so far away that they would die in their current life and they would not they would not see it while they're living but they still even though it's still promised to them so they did not get they weren't living their best lives now they 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 were prepared to not deal with the pleasures of life now based off of this promise of something that's to come later and they would die in this in this instance questions or comments on this so far isn't that basically what we're doing right now that's what we're saying. where our promises is more or less in heaven none of this earth is for us anyway that's true the uh the uh his treasures he will be bringing with him uh that's where our treasure should be and that's where he should be bringing that's what he will be bringing with him but then again that means you're having to wait on something like that and that's tough because that, that does involve uh faith and faith and believing in something that you heard about uh but um can you wait can you really live out this life believing that there's something better to come afterwards so i guess the question but yeah i agree G. this is what this is what i believe we're supposed to be doing in fact i think the next one is going to say just that anybody else got anything on this one all right so let's flesh it out so i'm gonna skip around just a little bit on this just for the interest of how how much is in there this is we're still in hebrews chapter 11 and i'm going to go verses 23 to 26 verse 30 and then verse 35 through 40 and it says by faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after his birth because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were unafraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to suffer oppression with God's people rather than to experience the fleeting enjoyment of sin. He valued disgrace for Christ above the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused their release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Still others endured mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went around in sheepskins and goatskins destitute oppressed and mistreated the world was not worthy of them they were wandered they, they wandered in deserts and mountains and hid in caves and holes in the ground they were all commended for their faith yet they did not receive what was promised god had planned something better for us so that together with us they would be made perfect so a lot is happening here what i want to point out here is that these people these people are suffering while they're waiting on the Lord, while they're waiting on God, they're suffering. We find out that Moses chose rather to, he, he chose to suffer with his brothers. And he could have very easily just lived the rest of his life in Egypt as basically as, as a prince of Egypt. He could have did that, but instead he chose to, uh, to suffer with his brothers. Let me go on to tell we're told about uh, them walking around Jericho for seven days, seven days walking around Jericho before it fell. 
And then it goes even further, talking about some people that were uh, that were tortured, and then others that were uh, that uh, mocked and flogged and uh, they said they were in chains and prison, stoned, sawed in two. All this stuff has happened to these people, and they did. They were commended for their faith. They did well, but they still have not received what they were promised. Even today, they have not received what they're promised because they're not going to be made perfect without us. We're going to all be ushered in at the same time. They're still waiting, from what I understand here. What you got, G? It was more or less on a, on the grounds. I love the fact that they're being commended for their faith, but it's something that we always see time and time again. You go to Moses, you look at Joshua, you look at Jonah, you can look at so many different people, Moses, um, Abram, Bot, all of them, even us, we are still waiting on the Lord. But I remember a pastor, like I was telling you, Savoy, once told me that a lot of people go about waiting the wrong way. They they take what the word waiting sounds like and all right, I'm just going to wait on you. But he says, I think we all need to fix our attitude to when you go to a restaurant and someone's waiting you, they're serving you. And a lot of people are sitting there with their hands crossed, waiting for God to do something for them. But when you look at the when you read the word, I love this journey that I'm going through right now, just reading the word and getting a deeper understanding. When they're waiting the Lord, they're serving everyone around them. Moses was i know moses had to be upset with everything that was taking place around him but he still was diligent with serving the lord and waiting him and loving the people around him and being obedient all the attributes that we should be doing so instead of just sitting back and hey god i'm waiting on you to do something mighty in my life it's i think the very first scripture that you talked about i found myself being renewed serving and waiting god when I don't feel like doing something, I realize the more that I start serving others, the more I start doing things I don't want to do, I found my strength actually becoming to be uh, restored to me. Now I have the energy to go do the things I didn't want to do. Uh, I find myself when I want to be lazy and someone needs help, I'll get up and go help them. I'm like, man, I thought I was tired. But the moment that I had the action to go serve somebody, my I found my energy to be where it needs to be. But when it was just about myself, it wasn't there. So I really understand that scripture because I think I feel like that every single day. But serving is waiting. You're waiting the Lord, but you have to be doing something diligent while you're waiting for the Lord. Amen. I agree. I do agree that uh, you're waiting on the Lord and waiting on the Lord. You're you're still in service. And we're going to look into that also. Uh, that's going to uh, be a nice the scripture going to go over that too. And, and, and to kind of flesh that out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, some great comments on that. Anybody else have anything on this one? All right. Let's move forward then. So Revelation, it's not getting any better. Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 through 11 says, And when the Lamb opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony they had upheld. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they cried out in a loud voice, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you avenge our blood and judge those who dwell upon the earth? Then each of them was given a white robe and told to rest a little while longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers, were killed just as they had been. 
just as they had been killed. So we have these that have died in Revenant. This is the future now. This is the future. These people, they actually receive a, a, a double honor because they are actually before the Lord. So they're before the Lord. They died. They are before the Lord. And they're and this is during uh the tribulation. So at the tribulation, they're before the Lord, and they are asking, How long will this be until you avenge our blood? And then they're told to basically wait, wait a little bit longer, because there's going to be more of your brothers that are going to be killed just like you were killed. Uh that's this is again the Lord. Well, uh, the Bible telling us what it is to wait. They are waiting and suffering. So they 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 they're uh they're not suffering at this point, obviously, because they're they're done. Their works their works are done. They are done. They're before the Lord. They're uh they're at His altar. But even still, the Lord hadn't moved yet. He had he hadn't he hadn't judged. He hasn't uh, judged the people who dwell on the earth at this point. And they were still told to wait. You're not going to be avenged just yet. It will happen. But you will need to wait because there's still more of your brothers that are going to be killed just as you. Questions or comments on this so far? Hey, G, you got your hand up? I don't know if that's from the last time. Or... All right. Nobody wants to talk about that one. I don't blame you. All right. So in saying that, um, we're going to take a look at something here and this is something that g he brings up a lot ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 11 and it says when the sentence for a crime is not speedily executed the hearts of men become fully set on doing evil and so because because god is waiting on his judgment for many different now there's sometimes where it's, it immediately happens there are sometimes where it immediately happens and a lot of times that that is actually on christians so i'll give you an example uh ananias and his wife uh withheld money that and they could have withheld it they could have literally said this is all the money we're going to give this is how much we made from the land but this is how much we're going to give but they lied and said no this is the entire amount we made and this is what i'm handing over to you so they lied turns out they lied to god and god immediately killed them immediately it, it, this wasn't some, a drawn out process it happened immediately this is at the beginning of the church and so and and, and the people were fearful because of this so sometimes he does this, but then sometimes it's and especially we have, we see it happen a lot with the wicked. He is delayed. It 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 doesn't they we don't see it right away. We see people acting wickedly and nothing seems to happen to them. And it's this in Ecclesiastes that tells us that this is why men become fully set on doing evil. Uh the what just popped into my head for some reason is in I know it's for certain in California this happens quite a bit. They've been doing these things where they just do like a smash and grab basically. They just go into to these to these uh businesses and just take off with all this this stuff and just run off with it. And I think what's behind that is that it's a certain amount or something that they can't get charged a felony for. And and so that's why people are just doing it. They're like it's just worth it just to go in there and just 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 go and steal. And so that's what they're doing. And so because it's because it's not a speedily executed thing, it's worth for them to go in there and do that. This is just men being men. This is human beings being human beings. This is what we're capable of doing. This is why we're capable of doing it when we don't see it. So this is exactly why 
we don't sufficiently fear the Lord because everything that he has warned, he doesn't typically do right away. I mean, there's times where uh, generations passed and he still hasn't done it. And then uh, I'm thinking about the time of like Josiah the king, you know, uh, Josiah, he was eight years old when he became king and fears passed and they find out, they just find the book of the law while they were cleaning up the temple. They just happened to find it and they're reading it to him and he got scared. He's like, man, we have not been doing the commandments that this thing says, this book says, not us nor our fathers before us. And, and the Lord spoke through a prophet and said, this is absolutely about to happen. All these things written in this book is about to happen. But because you humbled yourself, you're going to death in peace. But I'm saying that to say that this is why we as Christians uh, don't sufficiently uh, uh, fear, fear God. Because we because he does, because it is at times it takes a while before we see the consequences of our sin. And so it we can have our heart set on evil because of that. Any questions or comments on this so far? All right. So we're told in Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21, it says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Carefully consider what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. Do not avenge yourselves, beloved, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay you, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So I bring this up because of a few different things it says here. So one, it says, uh, when, for one, the very first thing, do not repay evil for evil, but carefully consider what is right in the eyes, in the eyes of everybody, not of some people, not of just the believers, of everybody. Consider what is right for everybody, showing no partiality, right? And then it tells us, uh, goes on to say, uh, do not avenge yourselves, but leave room for God's wrath or wait on his God, on his wrath. Like, don't go in and try to speed that up and you start doing it because you're trying to repay evil for evil. Let God handle it. Wait on God. And the truth is, because vengeance is his, it belongs to him. And then he tells us to go off and says, hey, instead, this is what I want you to do for your enemy. I want you to feed the, your enemy if, if he's hungry or if they're thirsty. Give, the, give your enemy a drink. This is the way he tells us to behave. And he said, but he says, vengeance is his. So it could be that at the end of all this, they will burn because that's what the God has for, that's what God has for them. But he may actually forgive them. And to be honest, me personally, that's why I don't want to leave vengeance up to him. I want to see something bad happen to my enemy. I don't want to necessarily see something good happen to him. I want something bad to happen to him. And, and God is a, is, a, is a forgiving God, and he may forgive. He may not see it the same way I see it. That's exactly how uh, uh, Jonah was, was thinking when he was uh, dealing with Nineveh, and God told him to go preach the word to them. What you got, G? I was about to say exactly that. You sound like, you sound like Jonah being mad on that rock, saying, all right, I ain't going to tell it that message. But... uh. The thing that I was going to bring up, I guess more or less 
because I feel like I fall victim to it. But man, in this waiting process that we're all having to go through, it's that exact scripture that you just read that I love to bring up. It's uh, evil. People can just do evil and do whatever they want to do. And I don't see anything happening to them. But the moment I do it, man, even when I'm driving, I get convicted. I'm like, man, everybody going 90 and 70. Let me just go ahead and slide up. I'm like, I see a cop that slide over at my side. I'm like, man, what? How come I can't do it? But I, I guess the biggest thing is, uh, why did you think that he made it that way? It's like a harder consequence towards the believer, more or less, like, I guess, mentally. But also, I feel like I see a lot of consequences happen to us. Is it because what the word says, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you will be persecuted? Is this where another level of persecution comes in? No, because uh, that what you're talking about, that persecution is for doing something, for not doing anything wrong. That's the difference. If you if you if you're breaking the law, you're supposed to be persecuted. That's what's supposed to happen. So that's not that's not the same thing. For whatever reason, he has done it this way to where he has delayed this. And it could be just to allow people to uh fill out their sin. Uh I see you, I see you, uh Geneva, I'll give you just a second. It could be that uh so Jesus would say to to uh to some of the Pharisees that were there, he would say something along the lines of uh you were acting just as your as your fathers did. They were murderers also. They killed all the prophets. It's, it will fill up then the measure of their sin. And so he would say, so I, I feel like it could be just that, literally to give them time to fill up their sin. He did it also, he talked about it also in the Old Testament where uh, some of the people around them were, uh, were uh, uh, that they were going to take the land from them. But before they would, he would say, their measure of sin has not filled up yet. So they still have more sinning to do before he would actually eradicate them. That's what I'm thinking could be what it is. I don't, I, but that's just my thought on that. What you got, Geneva? Um, I agree with um, you, Angie. Um, I was just, I guess, thinking also, I think you mentioned it earlier that um, it's a suffering almost in a way and it seems like backwards to all of us i'm sure and so many things that's happened in the world you know we yell at the phone or the tv screen upset of why this person is let off the hook you know in the wrongdoings that they've done but i think it's a suffering and i think you just said that if i'm not mistaken um to run their sins out yeah uh out the, uh, all the way or just in general like how and i guess i think i thought of I don't know if this is correct of uh, Pharaoh when Moses was trying to tell, you know, uh, give him the orders that that God was giving him and he was being stubborn. So God kept turning up the notch like and every time he turned up the notch, it was Pharaoh was suffering in some type of way. Like and he could have just done better, you know, and done what God said, but he didn't. And I I kind of just thought of that story as well, that part of the Bible. But in, in all, what I'm just saying is I. I'm thinking too to add in that maybe it's just a a suffering thing, and that's why this the, there's a delay. Amen. You very that is actually a very good point. Amen. What you got, G? And, and you know, even when but bringing up that point, when I think about Pharaoh and how you how the word says that their cup is not full, he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he was going to deny. Regardless, 
and I'm going to go, you know, I love reading Genesis, but I'm going to go back to Exodus as well. But um, did, did his heart become hardened before Moses came to him? Or did Moses deny Moses? Did, 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 I'm sorry, did Pharaoh deny Moses once and then God hardened his heart? Well, I would say that uh, from what I understand, it was God's purpose to harden his heart. So he did it. Pharaoh also hardened his heart, but he couldn't. There was nothing Pharaoh could do about this because God because God was determined to use Pharaoh to gain glory for himself. That's that's what God would say of Pharaoh. He said, for, it's for this reason, I've risen you up. I brought you up for this for this reason. And so he couldn't even if he wanted to. He couldn't because God himself hardened his, his heart and people can say, well, that's just me. God would you can say that also shows us that. God, the way God think, does things, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. That also shows that we're horrible judges because we are saying that God, the perfect being of all things, would be wrong if he did it that way. And so, uh, so yeah, this is just this. Yes, I, I do believe the scripture does say that it was the Lord himself who hardened his heart. And that was that's that's what he can do because he's sovereign. And this he this he did to show mercy to the believers he's uh that's uh, uh in romans he uh paul fleshes it out he says what if he did this what if he endured these these vessels of destruction to show mercy for the vessels of uh of, of salvation that's not the word to use but he he's basically saying that what if he used them to show his love for the people, the mercy he's going to have on everybody else, basically saying that this is what I do to those who do not obey me, who do who I do who I do hate, and this is what passes over you. You don't get any of this. Some good stuff. Uh, Fabian put in there. What did he say? Uh, the parable of the talents. <laughs> While waiting on God, we're supposed to be doing certain things, not just sitting and waiting. Uh, actually, Fabian, that's that's spot on. That is spot on, one hundred percent. That is actually the next thing I'm going over. That is very spot on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very yes. spot. Geneva, you have something else? Are you good, Fabian? No, I don't. All right, and G, your hands up too. Yes. So the reason why I brought that up is because it scares me when I find myself in sin, because I don't want to ever show god i'm comfortable in operating in this way because i remember here you know reading on having a dope is it dub based mind said i forgot the name of the word but more or less a mindset free what is it the base right uh, a mindset that's is free of judgment like wrath is not going to come my way and i know in the back of my mind and on the front side of my mind i know sin has a consequence regardless big small whatever we want that what kind of scale we want to put sin on but i don't want to get to a point where god or i hardened my heart towards god and i saw two different types of analogies when it came to pharaoh is that you can have a heart like butter that when it's in the presence of the sun and it was using the sun as a metaphor being the sun in the sky being this, you know jesus christ himself but it's like you can be a stick of butter before the sun, and then your heart is pliable. You he can he can move you, he can shape you, he can mold you into who you are meant to be. Or you can present uh, present yourself as someone who's stubborn or cement, and you become hard. 
and you become hardened towards the words that you're hearing from God and you just, you know, disobey, you're just more or less like, nah, it's not for me. So when I find myself in those situations, I do find myself becoming scared. And I think that's the best reaction that I am supposed to have. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to fear God. So that's the reason why I asked that question. Was it more or less like, did he harden his heart first or did he just present himself to God in that way? And that was his consequence. But regardless, it was God's will for that to be what it was. So I guess, I guess that's the answer to my own question. Amen. I don't think we fully, it's tough to, I mean, when you think about it, angels themselves who've been around him for as long as they've been created. Uh, still don't fully understand God. Uh, they still look into things such as mercy and things like that. They don't understand certain things. And so uh, it's crazy to think that we would somehow just have God figured out, even though angels have learned things about him through the church, which I find is interesting. What you got, G? You know, in the midst of you even saying that, I was just, just listening to the Holy Spirit. I don't know why, but attitude to me is another important element to this waiting process it's do not grow weary and i also believe that's attitude as well because i'm thinking about the israelites when they were being marched through the wilderness 40 years before there was a lot of different things that took place like the ground just opening up and just swallowing people because of their disobedience and you know people cursing god and dying because of it like it is supposed to, you know, I have to even remind myself and when I even uh, speak to other people and minister to them, it's, it's going to be hard. You can't find one scripture in the word that's going to say it's going to be pleasant being a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, and through this life. It is meant to be challenging. Uh, I think something that me and you share, Savoy, is the understanding that I believe the renewing of our hearts before we even enter into heaven starts here on earth. A lot of people think that when they die, God is then going to renew them. I think it's something that's taking place here on earth when he talks about the when he goes through the whole uh, when he breaks down the type of things that won't enter the kingdom of God. He speaks about slanders, thieves, uh, adulterers, uh, this types of uh, sexualities that don't enter the kingdom of God. I don't think that, he, you know, we get to the gates and then he's like, OK, now don't do those things. It's things that we have to fix here on earth during this waiting process. So I think our attitude is a really strong element that we have to keep in mind in this whole pursuit of just serving. Amen. Uh, that attitude has a lot to do with, I mean, just uh, even murmuring, like uh, Israelites being led out of the out of Egypt, and they would it's, they would murmur or basically, you know, complain on your breath. You know, just talk under your breath. You know, we all did it before. Parents, I thought somebody. complaining was that too, right? Complaining yeah. is just do things without cease. I mean, don't complain, basically. Yeah. So I'm, what I'm saying is, is that the people were just like basically talking under their breath, like you know, you know, what I mean, just talking kind of low. But just loud enough, you know, to for your complaint can maybe heard by your neighbor, but not, not anybody else. And uh, but God heard it and he, and he would speak about it and they just upset them. So even as we're going through things, we just need to make sure that, that we're not even saying certain stuff. We're not just that we're not murmuring, that we're not saying things under our breath, that we're uh, that we're accepting that affliction. That is actually the uh, that was actually what Job was doing when uh, his 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 uh 
what I'm trying to say, his friends were trying to accuse him of some kind of sin that he, you know, that you didn't, that you didn't uh, say you got some kind of secret sin. And that's why God is doing this thing, to, these things to you. But the truth is uh, the one friend, the fourth young man, he said that you seem to prefer uh, uh, wickedness to affliction. And so basically that's what, what he was doing. He was, he was murmuring or he was, he was complaining about God doing what he did to him instead of just receiving affliction like he was supposed to because God is sovereign. He does whatever he wants to. Well, yeah, some great conversation here. And to get on to what uh, Fabian was talking about, this is actually the last one. So uh, it'll be coming from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And it says, for it is just like a man going on a journey. He called his own slaves and turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man who, the, I'm sorry, in the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves uh, of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I have earned five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. Look, I have earned two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your, share your master's joy. Then the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a difficult man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his master replied to him, you evil, lazy slave. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. And then, and when I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him and throw this good for nothing slave into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So a lot is happening here. One thing I want to point out is that, you know, he uh, it talks about this man going on this long journey. He's going to be gone for a long time. So they're having to wait for for their master to return. But in the process, they were to be working. He gave them some, uh, I'll see you, G, I'll see you in a second. He gave them some talents. These are supposed to be working. They did, uh, two of them went to work, one of them didn't. But what I find interesting is that it says when a man came back, he settled accounts with them. That's what we are going to have to deal with at the judgment. We're going to settle accounts. Uh, that's what's going to happen. And so he's going to look and see what have we done with the talents he has given us. And so uh, so it goes on to say the man, the one that had one, he says, I, I, listen, he said, I know you, 
you're a difficult man or a shrewd man some may say it says reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered so i was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground look here it is just as you gave it to me and uh but the master replied you evil lazy slave call them two different things well two adjectives evil and lazy so uh evil because he had no intent of going to work lazy because he didn't go to work so he, he used an excuse instead say i didn't do it because i was afraid of you and i knew what type of man you are so i didn't want to lose it here it is back to you he actually did zero work he did zero while waiting on him to come back he did nothing and his reward for that the very thing he had was taken away from him the little that he had was taken from him and then he was thrown into hell it says into outer darkness what you got g first i want to say fabian and Savoy, thank y'all for encouraging me to read the entire bible because now i'm able to concentrate on just more than just the surface things that are said when i first heard about the talents i was so like man that means i i don't need to be lazy now hearing it again the holy spirit is able to point different things out to me in that scripture i know that we're speaking on just waiting and of course you just hit every nail on its head with being lazy and not doing something just basically waiting and sits being stagnant it's basically sinful before god but one of the things that just stuck out to me so strong is you can say you know god and still go to hell it, it now i know the words in matthew 7 21 it's uh because you didn't do these things you are going to be departed from me just believing is not a, you have to have action it's not just believing it's i guess i think we you know we bring up multiple times especially towards the end of our uh discussions is that um uh, faith in action is one and two like you i mean it's one of one it goes together this this person here had the faith to believe good now i'm saying if you truly believed you would have done this with what i gave you and to me that's one of the biggest things right now that's just just hitting me so hard it's you have to truly be putting in action with what you are given it's one it could be just be taken away and then you're just thrown into of course the realm of the dead but into the suffering side your you know your belief and everything is fine but you have to be doing something what god has given you so i don't know why it just hit me so hard i'm in the car shouting when i had it on mute but it's like man uh it just lets me know stand foot trying to play it safe uh nah that's not it that's not what it is for me i truly have to keep striving and cut loose of things that i know that don't need to be around me so Thank you for that. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. And that's it's crazy that Fabian was on that same track. He like, that's what it reminds me of this. That's exactly what I was thinking earlier as I was preparing this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's this is something that people we don't like to hear, you know, that you know, work. And the reason why we don't want to hear work, one, I would say for me anyway, I I'm not gonna speak for everybody, is because I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to work. I don't want to have to i want to just god did all the work and i do nothing but uh 
as we see here, he's handing out things to do according to your ability. It's not that you cannot do it. It's according to what you are capable of doing. And he's giving these things out to you. And for the person that says that they have faith, if they do not have works, then we're told in scripture that that faith is dead. It does. You don't have faith. You do not truly, truly believe. And, and, and like I say, what this guy particularly did, he, he twisted it and was just evil about it. He said, you know, you're a difficult man. And for that reason, I didn't do anything. And uh, it's just it's just amazing that he put it that way. And, and again, like I said, it's tough to even fault him for, for, for saying it like that because his whole thing was to try not to work. And, and he, was, he was possibly being honest, too. Like, he was probably being completely bold-faced honest, saying, hey, I just was playing it safe. Yeah. And but it was still wrong. He, he was, he was, but the intent of his heart was exposed. The intent of his heart was exposed by, by him saying, you you evil, you wicked, uh, what do you say, you evil and lazy slave. So the intent was exposed. He he may have uh, he may have deceived himself into thinking that, hey, I'm just going to play this safe. I'm just going to put this into the ground and not, not worry about it. That's actually him just, that was really just him being lazy. That, that's really what that was. Now, his heart may have been deceiving him, but that was him being lazy. That, and that's and it's tough to see it. And that's the that's also the danger of this whole thing is that your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So that means it's trying to lead you to destruction all the time. And so that's could be exactly what happened to this person right here. Uh, but I just find it interesting that that's what he calls them evil and lazy. Uh, so, uh, I mean, he was basically accusing. The, he's basically I know you. I know you. I know how you are. You're a shrewd man or you're a hard man, you're a hard master. And so I'm afraid because you are. And that's why I did this. And he's like, you know, you're gonna put your laziness on me. <laughs> like you, you, you're lazy because of what I what I the type of person I am. That makes no sense. You can't use that for an excuse. That's a beautiful point within itself. It's uh it comes back around. God's ways are absolutely not our ways, it's almost <laughs> like opposite of everything that we would do like i get it yeah i'm just gonna sit here i'm gonna go ahead and bury this i know he's gonna come back looking for something and it still turned out to be wrong that's why i have grown accustomed to just following what god has said versus what my heart is telling me to do and that's opposite of what the world would tell you oh follow your heart do what makes you happy that right there is a fast way going to hell so and that's what i have to tell myself i would rather follow god's word and be judged by many versus following everything people are telling me, following what my heart is telling me, and then being judged by God. It, you know, it it won't it won't map out. Well, it's it's I guess something I think that we're kind of missing on here on this particular part here is that they were expected to go to work, like they were they were, they were expected to do something, and he just didn't and made an excuse for not doing it. You know, so it's like. You know, you're just going to go get a job. That's basically where he's playing this out. Like, you know, you got a job and uh, and you're supposed to do whatever that thing you're supposed to do. And then you got an excuse for not doing it. I just didn't do it. I just sat here and cost the company money. I didn't do anything. And I have a valid reason is because I knew that you would have been upset if if I would have lost it or whatever the case may be. So I just literally just sat here and did nothing. You know what I mean? That's 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 what I think is that part right there is it literally they were 
told to go about business. They were supposed to be doing something and he didn't. He literally, when he came back, he literally showed that I did zero. I didn't do anything. And I have a valid reason for not doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just, it, it is, it hits closer to home because you know, like I said, I, I know I've been in that position before where I just felt like I had a good reason for not doing something, but it's really truly was just me not wanting to do it. Me being lazy. Yeah, some great, great comments on this. Great, great comments on this. That's all I have on this one. Questions, comments, concerns. Thank you for that, boy. And Fabian, thank you for the, your words as well, man. That was really nice. Amen. And Geneva, everyone. Yes. Like, I, I really, really do appreciate it because it's one thing that I love the most about this is uh, accountability. Uh, coming together, one. I know God's in the midst, but it just holds me accountable. It's now you know, what are you going to do with what you know? Because now you don't have no excuse. So I'm going to continue to put myself in these environments where I'm forced to reflect. Like every single Tuesday and Thursday, I'm sitting there now and I'm applying it to myself. What are you going to be able to show God with this is what you gave me? And look at what I have for you in return. So I don't want to sit there and be like, hey, man, I appreciate you blowing me that five. I got four. You know, I, I at least want to be able to show them that, hey, I, this is what I was able to turn what you gave to me. Here's your return on that. Man, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. So as you say that, so the whole purpose of, you know, search the scriptures, this years ago, this came to be from three different people. Uh, and uh, we had a little text group. And the whole purpose was just to dive deep in the scripture and try to find out if uh, the Bible really says. Basically, what we're going through right now, does the Bible really say that? And so that's what we did. Uh, and and, uh, and mind blown over and over and over again with all these different topics we would come up with. And then at one point, I just asked the question, like, what are we supposed to do with all this? Like, what, what you know, what do we, you know, it's great that we're doing this and we're diving into this. And it's a it's a great feeling, but what do we? Why would he do this? Like, what is the purpose of us getting all this? And so uh, that's where search the scriptures was 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 born out of was uh, was was literally that is is we were given something I truly believe, and we could have just dug it in the ground and and, and and said, hey God, you know I'll tell you what you gave us all this revelation within scripture, and uh, here it is back. You know I could recite it right back to you. You know, like, like, what good is that? You know, and so that's 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 the whole purpose of this. You know, I, and to even add to that, I remember sitting when I first moved back to San Antonio, and it was always on my heart to want to do something like this. Uh, but the biggest thing that was leaning on me is, man, so many people have so many questions. I just so nervous to speak up on these things. So now, as we, you know, have a platform. I was like, what rhyme, like what what would make sense? I'm like, topic Tuesdays. <laughs> and I'm like, I enjoy it. And I was really trying to do something for so many people around me, but not being selfish, it has helped me tremendously because there's so many different people that are, you know, the whole glory to glory. If not everyone's not on the same level, but you get to hear different perspectives of where they're at and what this scripture means to them. Cause now I can reflect and be like, man, I remember when this scripture just meant one thing to me. Now 
one scripture can have so many different references to me now. Like my intellect onto who God is has uh, just it, it's it's transcended. It, it continues to grow, and I'm so happy now to be on this journey, just reading the Bible because I can't wait. Truly, I can't wait to read it again, like all over again, because. I'm coming across different scriptures where I'm like, man, I want to listen to that again. I'm pulling something else out of it. I'm like, now I understand this is the word of God, something that is truly living. Because it's it's not when you read a book, you're like, oh man, okay, boom. It's and in the end, you're like, okay, that was a good book. But now it's like with the word, it's just something new every day. I'm learning something new or I'm receiving some type of revelation. So oh man, I've really been enjoying this journey, even when I'm going through pain and I'm you know, I'm always finding myself like either if it's mentally or just feeling a certain way, but the word just has a way of just really just breathing that life back into me. So man, I really, I really am have been enjoying all of the discussions for sure. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.